Welcome to Catholic Radio for Katie Anna's presentation of Cajun Catholics. Here's your host, Todd Citron. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Lord, we know that you are always present to us in our hearts, in our minds, in our wills. And we thank you for this gift. For without you, we would not be able to do the things that we do that we know you want us to do. We ask you in this hour to please give us the grace to speak to others who look for help in caring for an elderly person. Give us the knowledge, give us the wisdom to speak the words that you want to hear. We ask this through Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. You're listening to Cajun Catholics. I'm your host, Todd Citron. have a superstar on today, a true saint among us. Uh, she's an angel. She's been glowing in this booth. We taped last week. She was a co-host, but today she's the star, uh, Sister Barbara Nell Laparus. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Todd. Thank okay. you. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sister, I have a little bit of uh, biographical information, but I want you to tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm a sister of Mark Carmel. And like many sisters in religious life, I'm getting old. I think the last few years have brought many blessings, though when I look back through my years, I know each, each era, each different assignment has been a different grace. A couple of months ago, I was invited back to Thibodeau, and I had to address a small group family and friends and at that time I realized I used to ask the question does God really love me and in thinking back at that time and in the occasion that I was present to I said to myself I know that God has loved me all the way through because he has chosen me to allow him to work through me. And that is my sign of God's love for me. You and I have a little bit in common. We, uh, You're the youngest of seven children I'm reading, and, and I am as well, because my mother had had one little girl in between the five boys, and, and uh, she lost her one month into, into life. She passed. So, yeah, we're both the youngest of seven. Um, <laughs> And uh, you have been through a lot of schooling. I see you had spent some time in Duquesne University in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. and Newton. I have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the University of Notre Dame in South Bend. Well, I had one summer session at South Bend. I see. But I had three years at Duquesne. I see. Uh, I had been invited to participate in a program for formation personnel for religious formation with Adrian von Kamm and the Institute of Man, it was called. And I had my three years there, which was really a godsend for me. It was very difficult, and I didn't finish my thesis. But the more I moved on in life, the more I realized how much I had really learned. 
and at that time the thesis began to be less important mm -hmm. yeah did you know what it was going to be about or your thesis i mean did you end up doing it I didn't end up didn't doing do it. it, no. I didn't finish it in the three years, and in the following year, I was placed into formation work. And I just, I couldn't settle down. I, I think that's one of the things. I can have a lot of brilliant ideas, but when it comes to writing them down, it's a little more difficult uh, for me. We all have that <laughs> problem. So you, I see St. Joseph Seminary College in, in St. Ben's, and I've been on retreat at St. Ben's. That's a wonderful place. It was good. Yeah. That I, I attended St. Joseph's. We had, I was doing formation work. I was in charge of young girls who had just entered the convent as postulants. Mm -hmm. And our postulants and novices were attending college. We lived in Lacombe at that time, and the sisters were attending St. Joseph College in Covington and so I was allowed to go and be on the campus with them at that time and I took courses there which was fine because I had finished my degree work my bachelor's degree and I'm gonna say it at SLI <laughs> that's that's how old I am <laughs> but I finished my degree there which meant that I had very no philosophy and definitely no theology. So once I got back into some type of college work, I usually tried to pick up theology and philosophy. Mm -hmm. So tell me how a little girl from New Iberia gets that call. I always want to know, you know, for the the religious life, you know, was that a supernatural calling or was that a, a prayer from a, a family member? How did that all happen? I think it was just... Uh, God's way of taking me slowly from the beginning to where I am now. And I, I grew up afraid of the nuns. I lived just two blocks from the convent, and I didn't like those ladies in the big black dresses. I was afraid, too, just uh -huh. to be, yeah. be clear. Yeah, <laughs> and um, I cried in first grade, you know, because I didn't want to go to the convent. But I love the sisters. As time goes on, you, you begin to see people differently. Mm -hmm. And I was happy at Mount Carmel. We were a small girls' school. Uh, my class was usually 15 or 16 girls. In elementary school, we were usually two grades together in one room. You got to know everybody, and it got to be. We had many religious customs in the school that I can remember now with a lot of love and affection. It, it goes into you. When I was in high school, the Carmelite priest from Chicago, who would give the retreats for the nuns and the high school girls, came and we joined the Third Order of Carmel, lay Carmelites, and I, in high school as a junior, became a lay Carmelite and got my real introduction into Carmelite spirituality, which I have tried to grow into year by year. That, I think, was really the focus of my intention to become a sister, was the lay Carmelite work. 
Now, today's guest host, I didn't do a good job introducing them, but today our co-host of the show is Annette Chapman and Jackie Sheremy. They're with Remember Me Support Group for uh, caregivers for dementia. And I want them to jump in and ask sister some questions. But again, welcome both of you to the show. Thank you. Thank you. All right, y'all jump in. Somebody's got a question for sister. Stumper. <laughs> oh, I Listen, I talk a long time. I can keep going. <laughs> Be careful. She is so cute. Uh, I was going to ask a stumper, but but maybe uh, out of my own admiration, you mentioned "Remember Me" and Sister writes a beautiful reflection monthly for all of our caregivers that they get when they come to the meeting or we send out by email, and they are remarkable. Each month, she tops herself, and uh, so as a big fan. I want to know how do you put that together once a month and what is your inspiration each time well i think the original thing i really believe i started that idea when i was simply visiting two or three of our sisters that were at evangeline oaks nursing home in karen Grove. i used to in 2015 i was asked to move to lafayette and my ministry was to visit the sisters in the nursing home at Evangeline Oaks. And what happened was I realized that they needed communion. They needed the Eucharist. And so my visits began to be in the afternoon, and I'd have a little communion service with them. I would either read the gospel if it was short, or I would tell them a little bit about the gospel and reflect on a few hopefully practical thoughts that they could hold as being confined in the nursing home. One of the sisters was 103 when she died during that time and alert. She had a good mind. She knew what was going on and I can remember one time when I had done my reflection on the gospel and I did my thoughts on what was the meaning for us and she looked at me and she says tell me that again I didn't get it and I thought to myself I really need to be prepared because she's taken that in but I realized also I, I think the way I really got into it was in trying to care for them the gospel and the first readings at Mass began to speak to me. It was as if when I would read something, I'd automatically see it in the context of caregiving. And it was so meaningful to me. And as I got to visit with Annette, you know, I, I thought to myself, I could write that down and I could share it with others. So I gave a stack of papers to Annette. I would send it to Annette by email and she would send it out. And I accumulated some of the friends that I knew that were caregivers and I would mail those out. But I don't know if the ministry was for them or for me <laughs> because it, it really, really helped me. Yeah, you know, I think of, uh, like, I have the Magnificat, and I love it, you know, and I read it every, and then there's the reflection in the back, right, at, at the end of the gospel, and I, I uh, always wonder, who writes those things, you know, um, and sometimes they're people that lived 
thousands of years ago and and sometimes there are people who wrote it like last week mm-hmm. and sometimes you can't tell the difference you know but sister apparently that's a gift that you have and that's so beautiful well I, I tell you yeah. i have to confess <laughs> i struggle through the pandemic yeah. and i don't i think i might have gone one or two months into the i think the spring i may have gone till the summer of last year and then i hit a slump and it was very difficult i haven't written a reflection probably since that time i've lived them sure but to put them down in writing there were several things that made it difficult but i i keep telling annette i'm going to pick it up again and I, a, I hope to do that. I had a breakfast meeting with a spiritual brother this morning, and you just talked exactly about what our conversation was about, living the gospel or preaching the gospel or writing the gospel. And, and living it is probably a lot better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you chose the better half. It's like Jesus Well, I, and I keep saying, you know, there must be something there because I didn't yeah. finish writing the thesis. And then I stopped at a time when perhaps it was needed. However... I went a whole year without visiting the sisters at the nursing home. And I think in that time, I I felt the... Separation, huh? Yeah, Yeah. the separation and and so on. Well, I want to remind our listeners, you're listening to Cajun Catholics, and today's guest is Sister Barbara Nell Laparouse, and she is a resident of New Iberia and very involved in the Remember Me organization. And so Annette Chapman, she's got to get her voice on this show. She's um, co-hosting the show with Ms. Jackie Sheremy. But Annette, give us a little something about Sister, some insight or a question, anything you got. Sister has always just been absolutely amazing. Sister Kathy Fairley is the one who first introduced me to Sister Barbara now. And we were thinking about doing a morning of reflection for caregivers. So Sister Kathy recommended Sister Barbara Nell come in. So that's when I got in touch with Sister Barbara Nell, and we talked back and forth. And she came in and did just this beautiful time of being with God and just this a, a, a respite for all the caregivers that attended that day. And uh, nice. it, was a, say, it was just so easy to see God living in her. So yeah. I said, we just continued on with that work. And, and, um, I said, about two years ago, we put together was it the Stations yeah. of the Cross for mm-hmm. caregivers. So mm-hmm. we, uh, we send that out. Because normally we send something out every week to everybody. So, Sister, when you hear the term Cajun Catholics, what, is, what do you think of when you hear that? I think of a faith that's deep-rooted. I think of a faith that's traditional-oriented. Our Cajuns have been loving people, and I think God loves us a lot. Amen. And I, I think that, you know, living in Pittsburgh and living in different places, I'm aware of the different cultures and the effects that you have on the individual personality. And I think we, we gloat about our Cajun <laughs> country, you know. But I think there's something to it, whether it's the French background, the Spanish background, or what. I I just think that we are gifted with two things. We're gifted with the human element that's involved in the Cajun and, and Spanish tradition. 
but it's also the Catholic, the Christian, the Christ-likeness that comes through with a sort of a Cajun context. Ooh, that's good stuff right yeah. there, guys. You better write that down. I think of the Acadiana flag when you're saying all that because it's right. The Spanish is yeah. the castle and the uh, French is the fleur-de-lis. And, and for people who don't know, the star is the Virgin Mary. Yeah. You know, that that is very – you just articulated that entire thing. That's beautiful. So I read in your in one of your biographies that you said you've met so many people that were beautiful witnesses to the faith. Tell me some of those good Cajun Catholics or people that have inspired you. Well, easily some of my sisters. You know, I've had some of the religious women that I've known that were great educators, many of them from Lafayette, some from New Orleans. But my family is an inspiration in itself. My mother was very devoted to her faith. My father was a kind and gentle person. I'm the youngest of seven, but there are two families. I have five stepbrothers and sisters. So my blood brother and I are the two of my mother's children. I have many nephews and nieces and great-grandnieces and nephews, and they are, it's family. You know, they keep up with me. I think the sisters I live with are amazed at Every time, every once in a while, I, I show them the picture of a baby, and it's another one. And it's, um, you know, it's, it's like it's new in the family, but it's not. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a tradition of family. We, we meet. I have one of my sisters has seven children, and every Sunday afternoon, the siblings, who are now grandfathers and grandmothers, the siblings meet on Skype, and they visit for about an hour. Nice. And I have three nieces that live in Lafayette, I mean, um, New Iberia and Homa. And the four of us meet every Sunday afternoon on Zoom. And I, uh, it, it's, it's important to my family that we keep together as a family. And I think that's been an inspiration for me. It's made me conscious of the generations that I've worked with. and Sister, that's an, a testament that the Internet is not always a bad place, right? It's not. <laughs> it's not. No. And, and I can tell you during the year when I couldn't visit the sisters in the nursing home, one of the Mary Knight sisters who works there had a phone with Duo. And so... She would be in the nursing home with my sisters who were in residence there, and she'd connect to my phone. And I could see the sisters in their rooms and talk wow. to them. And that was important. What would you say is your greatest achievement? My goodness, I don't know. <laughs> you, some of the people would have to tell me that. Yeah. I, I can tell you, I spent 29 years in Thibodeau as a guidance counselor at E.D. White Catholic High School in Thibodeau. And you went into the Hall of Fame in E.D. White. I saw that, so oh I need to plug good. you That's for enough. that. Yeah. That's enough. Yeah. <laughs> She's very humble. I, 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 was, I was in Thibodeau when the first persons were uh, installed in, into the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. And 
it's it was one of the the things that I cherished the most because we honored people who had served. Most of them had served the school and the church and the people of Thibodeau. And it was almost an inspiration. So I was very humble when they could honor me at that with nice. that. Yeah. So I'll ask you this question. Um, what do you think heaven looks like? I'd really want to say heaven looks like what we're looking at right now. I love it. <laughs> you know, I, I, I used to wonder about that. And I used to be so afraid because I didn't know how to praise God. You know, I, I, didn't, I couldn't say the words of praise. It was like artificial. And so I used to worry because I didn't know how to praise God. And over the years, I've come to know, and one of the books I've read within the last year or two has been the most, one of the most meaningful. I, I've begun to know that we don't praise God in artificial words. We praise God in living for God and allowing God to live in us. We praise God by letting God be. And who we are is the praise that God receives from me. Wow. Now tell me what book that was. <laughs> <laughs> Years ago, I, I found a quotation in the Catholic newspaper in New Orleans. And it was an article written by a former Carmelite priest that I knew. I had met him. And in the article, he quoted Carl Reiner, the Jesuit. And he said, the person of the future will be a mystic or no, no nothing at all. Well, that amazed me. And I looked and I looked and I looked to find the source of that. And just within the last year or so, the Sacred Heart Sisters, Madams, the, the Sacred Heart, the Sacred Heart Sisters, closed their library in New Orleans, and they offered the books to anybody who wanted one. And one was Carl Reiner's Theological Investigations, Volume Seven, and I knew that in one place I had seen that as a source of that quotation. So I asked for that book and I got it. It's beautiful. It's, if, if you read St. Paul, you know that Carl Reiner writes like St. Paul because his sentences are five lines long. Wow. So I got the book. I said, it's mine. I can underline it. <laughs> I can write in it. And so I, I set out reading it. And I'd found the quotation. But the whole thing is that God lives in us. And that the everyday world is the world that God wants us to live. Ooh, that's good stuff. That's where God is. And I heard this definition of what is a mystic, that, that a mystic sees God in everything. Yes. Yeah. That's in Just that simple. book. <laughs> you know, Just yeah. that simple. Yeah. That's so nice. 
I got asked to do a eulogy for a very close friend at work and through prayer, preparing for that, you know, I just remember God saying to me, and in fact, I had a dream about my old house and my mom and how the kingdom of heaven is among us that this, you know, just like you just said, that's what God revealed to me that heaven is right here. It's right here in front of us, but it's in a more glorified state. It's in a state of no uh, pain and second guess i guess you'd say any of that just a glorified state of where we are you know Mm -hmm. i love that wow okay what would you say to the non-catholic or even the catholic that has doubts that jesus is physically present in the eucharist how could you attest that you believe that how i believe it yes i think the pandemic for me has been one way I live adjacent to the nursing home in Opelousas, Our Lady of Promsaka Nursing Home. I live with the Marianite sisters, and we have observed the regulations of the nursing home. And for many weeks, we did not even have communion services, no masses, and, and that type of thing. And I think when you are with it you know more deeply the meaning of it last Sunday a week ago I went to mass in New Iberia at St. Peter's with some of my family and to sit in that church and to hear the readings to hear father pronounce the consecration is meaningful yeah I know I can relate you know um, for me when I got back from Curcio it was like people want to be entertained by the homily and this and that you know you listen to the gospels and that's wonderful you know but the uh, the consecration for me after Curcio that was the meat and potatoes of the mass mm-hmm. and that's where it all happens right the magic and uh, yeah. the beauty and uh you know, that's been heavily in the gospel this week. In John 6, it's been real heavy this week. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so you know, huh? The absence makes the heart grow finer yeah. for sure. And, and, you know, we've, I've had mass on, on the phone or the radio, the television or the computer. Right. You know, it's, it's what you have, and you're grateful for that. But it's not like sitting in the presence of God. Well... You have been such a blessing to us. So uh, just a minute left on the show, uh, sister, but tell me a little bit about what you want your legacy to look like. I wish I could say a hundred sisters of Mount Carmel. (laughs) 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 But it's not. I I think I'll leave that up to God. And and, um, whatever God wants for me, that's, that's what I want. Well. You've been such a blessing to us. I haven't known you for very long, but golly, I could spend spend the rest of my life with you listening to you speak, no. <laughs> and uh, I can see why you have inspired these young ladies so much because uh, you just uh, follow the Holy Spirit. And uh, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for inviting me. Yes. And, and listen, these two ladies are marvelous. They are. If you I mean, want to find out what God has in store for those people, that are in nursing homes or, or caregivers, 
they are God's blessings for the caregivers that they meet. Fantastic. So for Annette Chapman and Jackie Sheremy and for Sister, um, thank you so much for being here today, Sister Barbara Nell Laparouse. And uh, as always, we invite you to engage the Cajun Catholic in you. If you have missed some previous episodes, they're on Spotify and on SoundCloud and uh, also on Apple Podcasts. So please tune in. And again, thank you so much, Sister. God thank bless you. you. Thank you. Till next time, God bless.